listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am one half of your perilous host duo, Barnabas. And I am the other half, Samael. And welcome back, Gravers, to your favorite horror podcast on the airwaves. We've missed you so much, and we've missed just sitting here and talking to one another. It's been uh, quite a while, unfortunately. But, um, you know, we couldn't stay gone forever. It's been almost what now? Like, when did quarantine start? March? Yeah, like March of last year. And then we ended up doing those two special episodes. Uh, and then it's been like all of 2021 so far, unfortunately, where we haven't recorded a single episode. But we're changing that now. So we are back. Life happens, you know. Samael moved. I've been going through some stuff, so it just hasn't worked out, but we're here tonight. It is Wednesday, November 17th, and we are recording this episode for you guys, and we're going to hope to come back and do like at least minimum like two episodes a month, uh, maybe more. We'll see. We'll see what happens, but we're going to get this one out, um, and it's going to be a good time. I can't wait, dude. We got to get back into our groove. I've missed this. I miss doing this every single week. It was like the highlight of my week. Mm-hmm. Every single week, we would just sit down, record our podcast, put on a movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, this episode 99, we're going to have a good one for you guys. And then uh, the next episode is going to be our 100 episode anniversary, which I'm pretty damn stoked for. This episode. I know this episode, uh, we're going to have a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, This weekend is the release of Ghostbusters Afterlife. And recently, we've been seeing a lot of movies and a lot of news about new projects coming out, which are kind of like essentially creating new content for existing franchises, you know, prequels, sequels. Uh, even spinoffs and like with Halloween Kills, for example, and Halloween Ends and that trilogy, kind of a retcon of, you know, an established franchise. And so um, I I think it's all very interesting. We're going to talk about what we think about it, whether it's good for the genre and so much more. Uh, But first, of course, we do have to give a shout out to our gracious host network. I'm sure they've missed us too. Sports Radio Detroit, and uh, Sam, if you remember where the people can find them, go for it. I think you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mm-hmm. SRD Sports Radio Detroit. That's SRD Sports Radio Detroit, not Detroit Sports Radio. You got to get it right. You got to get it right. Yeah, that's right. And hey, man, you got it right. You haven't missed a beat. <laughs> so I'm happy for you. It's just so ingrained into my psyche. I know. Yeah, it's like muscle memory at this point. I swear. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. So we're actually going to go ahead and let uh, some of these promos run real quick. 
Uh, and then we're going to get into the rest of the show uninterrupted. So just sit back. We'll be back in like literally just one minute. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And welcome back, fiends. So, the news. There's been a lot that we have obviously not covered since uh, we went on our hiatus. I picked out a few of the most interesting recent developments. And um, this first one, at the very least, kind of has some relevance to our discussion today. Potentially not. I guess you can decide for yourselves. There is, uh, I'm sure many of you have already heard, but you know we haven't talked about it yet, a new Hellraiser project coming out. This is going to be helmed by David Bruckner, who did The Night House and The Ritual on Netflix and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, what do you think about this, Sam? I think it's going to be good for the franchise. I mean, the last few Hellraiser movies have been ass. You remember that like fucking round faced motherfucker that was playing <laughs> Hellraiser last time? And yeah, now, you know, they're uh, they're kind of being a little bit trying to like make it a little bit more true to the books having well pinhead's gonna be a woman which is pretty close because like in the books from what i've read other people saying he was pretty androgynous or (laughs) they were pretty androgynous Mm -hmm. it was never said like pinhead is a dude i guess or pinhead is a woman i guess or pinhead is no gender i guess so i mean i think it's cool i mean and then you get you know the people of course people are going to be all over facebook you know saying how about you just come up with original ideas, stop changing original characters, what if they made Freddy Krueger a woman, yada, 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 but I might get shit for this, but I don't think Pinhead is so iconic to the point where you can change his gender and have it really matter. If it was Bubba from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if it was Michael, if it was Freddy, if it was Jason, sure, but Pinhead arguably... At least to me, he's not as iconic as them. So like, plus like Hell Priest. That's mm-hmm. it was Hell Priest, not Pinhead yeah. in the fucking books. So like, I don't know. I don't know how I really feel about it because I'm not a diehard fucking Hellraiser fan. I love the first two movies, and then after that, it kind of goes all over the place as '80s franchises do. Part three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and that's how they just get lost within themselves, which is. Which is what mm-hmm. really needs to stop happening. And we've seen it happen less. Like, they've stopped numbering these horror movies. I mean, look at the new Scream coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk more about Scream for sure in our, in our primary discussion because that does actually have some relevance to it. But, I mean, I, I think you raise all really good points. And the one about, you know, the sequels being ass, I think is very pertinent. <laughs> uh, and, and we will definitely cover that. Um, though I will say that this Hellraiser project doesn't have quite as much to do with kind of the, the topic of our, of our episode as much only because I would liken it to more of a reboot than like, you know, adding new content to existing content. Yeah. It's Uh, completely different. It's a new thing. Exactly. But you're completely right. I mean, from my understanding in the original like novella, it wasn't even Pinhead. Pinhead is like basically a, like a separate character that's based off of 
the hell priest in, in the novella. And the hell priest is kind of described honestly more as what you would consider a woman than a man. And, you know, it isn't called pinhead. So, I mean, I think most of the people that are getting upset are just, you know, like fans of nostalgia or diehard Hellraiser fans of just the movie and not, you know, the source material, or they simply just don't, or just boomers. Boomers, you can't change the gender. You can't do that. What if we made, what if we made a movie about Obama and we made Matthew (laughs) McConaughey play him? Like, okay, sir. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, like people are calling it woke. It's really not that woke. It's more, it's more of like a more faithful adaptation of Clive Barker's work than actual Hellraiser was, which is weird, obviously, because he like directed it, but (laughs) they also, yeah, but you know, but again, he also kind of made Pinhead his own sort of character. So yeah, I'm not really that concerned about it. So uh, Jamie Clayton is the actress who's going to be playing Pinhead. So I guess they're still calling it Pinhead. Again, whatever. I think that's just more so to actually draw people into the franchise and for marketing reasons than than anything else. But from what I know, Jamie Clayton is actually transgender. So, you know, that's cool. Some inclusive casting. And uh, other than that, there really isn't too much other news. Uh, basically, one of the quotes here says from the yeah, they pay homage to what the first film created, but then take it to places it's never been before. David and his team are steeped in the story's mythology, but what excites me is their desire to honor the original even as they revolutionize it for a new generation. So, I mean, that intent, I guess, kind of has some relevance to our theme, but yeah, it. I don't know. I, I think it's cool. Again, the first two movies were really kind of the only ones that have like any significance to me at least or any quality so I swear yeah so I, i'm pretty excited to to see this i'm just um, worried because like they're making it for a new generation but like the new generation like they don't care about like you know the ogs of horror i mean mm-hmm. what the, what the kids nowadays are mostly into is like creepy pastas and tiktok horror stories and like <laughs> true crime serial killers and stuff yeah. i mean we still have like you know like hardcore horror kids that got it passed down from their big brothers and their moms and their dads because their parents were hardcore fans like us so i don't know Mm -hmm. we'll see i hope i hope it i hope this this franchise like stays alive and does not go into the direction of like shark jumping i mean like i i it would have been cool to see a tv show rather than a new movie because like at least like the tv show can create some sort of like longevity at least if there's like Mm -hmm. 13 episodes a season like it can go on for longer besides like drop one movie and then be forgotten. Yeah. Honestly, it depends on the narrative they go with, I guess. I mean, the movie could work and obviously they can set it up to have sequels as well. But, you know, we have kind of been seeing that the series idea can work. For example, Chucky. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more too. I don't know if you've seen any of the new series, Sam, but uh, it's pretty good. So... I'm not we'll, surprised. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it, but I have faith in David Bruckner. I liked the ritual, and I liked his stuff in VHS and Southbound and his other projects. So uh, we'll just see what happens on that one. That one is going to be on Hulu exclusively, but there is no release date just yet. This next bit of news, uh, I'm actually quite excited for as well. We've got a new series based 
on Edgar Allan Poe's stories. It's going to be called The Fall of the House of Usher, and it's got Netflix and Mike Flanagan, a match made in heaven. I uh, recently, passively for a few episodes, paid attention for the most part. I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. Amazing. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I actually haven't seen that yet, but my girlfriend and I did just uh, watch Midnight Mass recently. I started it. I started it. Okay. What episode are you on? Um, Last time I watched it, I was in Indianapolis. It was last month. I think I got to, like, not even that far into it. Like, I think it might have been, like, the second or third episode. Ooh, man. Dude, like, third, fourth. Is it good? Oh, it's really good, yeah. Like, third, fourth, fifth episode is when, like, shit starts hitting the fan and, like, crazy stuff starts happening. It's really good. I mean, obviously, you know, there are going to be the detractors saying, like, oh, it's slow, it's preachy. But, like, that's kind of the whole point of the series. And I think it's really smartly written. I really had no idea what it was about, just that it was about some kind of like religious thing going on on an island. But uh, it really surprised me, dude. I think I think it's one of the standout like horror series of the year for sure. And so I really am excited for anything Mike Flanagan does. And it, this one is supposed to be based on multiple works from Edgar Allan Poe. And there really isn't a whole lot of other... Uh, information unfortunately but it will have eight episodes and then mike flanagan and michael fimognari will each direct four episodes so that's all we have to go on for now but you know i think most of us are somewhat familiar with edgar Allan poe's work it's uh usually pretty creepy you know pretty disturbing very gothic and I think that Mike Flanagan is like the perfect person to hit on like those particular aspects and create like a really good series. All right. And then our last bit of news before we jump into the trailers, uh, this one I, I wanted to talk about just because uh, Finn Wolfhard is going to be in the new Ghostbusters film. So I just thought it was uh, kind of intriguing. He is going to be creating his own a uh, horror comedy slasher film, which I know is like one of your favorite uh, subgenres, Sam. Yeah, and I heard it's going to be like at a campground, which is even better. We get like a a Final Girls typey movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it seems like. So I'm guessing he's going to be drawing some inspiration from, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, Sleepaway Camp, etc. And uh, yeah, it's a horror comedy slasher movie that takes place at a camp, and that it is a feature film. So that's really all we know about it so far. Uh, He has also directed and written uh, a short film titled Night Shifts that was released on YouTube earlier this year. Uh, I I didn't watch the whole thing. I did, you know, kind of glance through it and it looks pretty solid. So um, obviously he has experience with Stranger Things. He's in Ghostbusters. So uh, he was in uh, The Turning, I believe, right? Yep. So... Whether you like it or not, I mean, the kid is ingrained in horror culture, and I'm sure he's probably watched a ton of horror. He's got the resources, so I don't know. It sounds like a fun movie. I would say just let the boy do his thing. I mean, he's still Mm -hmm. a kid. Imagine, like, if he, like, sticks to his guns, he starts maturing, he starts, like, analyzing these movies from a, like, you know, a film student type of view, and, like, 
and from a place of passion too on top of it and from a place of experience since he's been in these movies so he knows what makes them work he knows what kind of actors makes them work what kind of script what kind of subject matter so i let the boy do his thing yeah man i agree i mean i'm sure that a lot of people are going to kind of rag on him for being so young trying to make a movie and everything but it's like dude like 99 percent of casual like moviegoers and horror fans have absolutely no idea what goes into actually like making a movie or like writing a good movie you know what i mean and like this guy has been like all around the entertainment industry for how many years now like and he's got the resources he's got the connections so i don't know about his writing ability or his directing ability per se especially for like a feature film but yeah i'm i'm pretty excited to just see like what he can bring maybe you know make something new for the genre it doesn't sound like he's going to be you know rehashing something necessarily which is always nice so, i mean he's yeah. got money he's got money he can be a producer oh, yeah. and have like a say in what goes on even though if he doesn't have the directing or like the writing experience he can come up with the idea and you know someone else writes it tries to make his vision come true even if he's not a great writer i mean so the producer's story is like hey i got all this money i want a movie about campground slashers and I wanted to have like X, Y, Z. And then someone would be like, okay, let me write something. And then he'd be like, I like this, 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 but omit this, this, this part. And we can have this, this, mm -hmm. this. Like, then he can make it, you know, his own. Like, I mean, he can't do it 100% by himself. It's not going to be a completely original vision if he's, you know, solely the producer. But if he's like the writer and stuff like that, I mean, how great can he write? What does he know about writing? We don't know that. We don't know if he knows anything. We don't know if he doesn't know anything. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. That's all we can do is wait and see. That's the mm -hmm. whole, that's the whole thing about, all this horror news like everyone's so quick to jump the gun and be like well this is gonna this is gonna chill bro just fucking wait like mm -hmm. wait for it to happen and then we'll see if it sucked and then we can be like wow you were right here's a fucking gold star yeah exactly yeah you can't really judge a book by its cover and uh we've learned that about stuff even this year you know people thought certain things were going to be really good they weren't people thought things were going to suck and they didn't but hey, everybody's got an opinion and they're all assholes so <laughs> people thought um, halloween kills was gonna be great and eh. well yeah we're we're gonna get more into that it's not gonna be like a review full out but you know we're gonna talk about it because it is important to our topic of discussion but that's gonna be in a little bit guys we have three trailers to talk about and then we're gonna get into the main event so the first one this is coming out november 24th in theaters so Actually, by the time you're listening to this uh, episode, it may already be out, depending on when I'm able to get this done and like put up and out there. But um, it's, it's possible that you'll already be like going to watch this, or maybe it'll be the next day. I don't know. But Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City is coming out very, very soon next week for us right now, and. Uh, this is the first new Resident Evil like live action film project in quite a while, actually. It looked bonkers. It mm -hmm. looked scary. It looked lively. It looked like it was going to have comedic relief. The acting looked great. Leon looked weird. That did not mm -hmm. look like Leon. I don't have yeah. that much of a problem with it. But it looked like it's going to be a very long movie because there was so much in that trailer to like unpack. And like I couldn't even tell you what was going on besides like we need to stop umbrella and that's the whole basis of this mm -hmm. the, there's some like conspiracy thingy no one believes someone and then shit hits the fucking fan it looks scary it looks mm -hmm. 
fun. I mean, that's all you really want in a Resident Evil movie. I'm not looking to have some fucking narrative about, you know, sociopolitical stuff. I just want to be fucking entertained. And that's what it looks like is in this trailer. Classic, classic Resident Evil stuff that a lot of fans are going to be able to point at the screen and be like, oh, 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 there's Mm -hmm. that. There's that. Like, so that's that's all I want. I'm going to go see it for sure. Oh, yeah. Me too. I mean, I appreciate the like I don't want to call them original films, but obviously the Mila Jovovich films. I think we all kind of <laughs> they have I know they they have a special place in okay, not all of them. Like the first one, two. Yeah, like the first one or two have a special place in my heart because they are genuinely like pretty like exciting films. I was going to say good. I don't think they're really good per se, but yeah, but they're fun, you know, they're enjoyable, kind of like guilty pleasure movies. But the the thing that they mainly do is they incorporate some elements of like the Resident Evil mythology, but really kind of do its own thing anyway. This movie is actually supposed to be based on the video games. And this movie in particular is mainly going to be influenced and based on the first game, which you can clearly see in the trailer. Like they're in the mansion. All the appropriate characters are there. You've got Chris, you know, Wesker and everybody. So, um, and uh, Jill, I think, right, Jill? I think it was Claire, yeah. wasn't it? Or Claire, is it? I don't know. Listen, guys, I'm not like the premier Resident Evil expert. I literally just started playing the games like recently. But but yeah, they're, they're all in it. And, you know, it's got all the classic kind of Resident Evil stuff from the first game. Hopefully they'll have all the puzzles and crap because those things pissed me off. I couldn't even finish the first game. <laughs> Dude, there were so many fucking puzzles. And you feel like a piece of shit when you're trying to look up game guides. You're like, <laughs> I know. dude, I can't do this. I, it's just a blow to my ego that I'm not as smart as I think I am. I know. I know people are going to like judge me, but literally, like, because I beat two and three, the remastered ones, right? I bought the first game because I was like, oh, okay, I'll go back and like, I'll, I'll play the first game because, you know, it's iconic. So goofy dude. because the camera's always in like the corner and you got to like point your stick in a weird direction to move. And I mm-hmm. gave up. I just started playing the two remake, the three remake. I played Resident Evil 4 is so good. Oh, 5 yeah. is so good. 6 is so good. 7, 8, so good. So good. Dude, like, I don't know, man. I was playing one for, like, four hours or something, right? Just going around and, like, by myself. Like, I was just trying to figure it out, you know, by myself. And I thought, like, I made a lot of progress. Dude, I looked at a guide because I was getting pissed off at, like, one puzzle. I was in, like, maybe the first fifth or sixth of the game. And I had so much left to do. I was just like, man, fuck this. I'm, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I did quit that game, guys. Don't judge me. But anyway, the movie looks pretty cool. I do agree about Leon. Not really a fan of his uh, look. But, again, we'll see how, you know, how it plays out in the actual film. But um, I think it's going to be a fun time. Like, the CGI is meh, but it could be pretty solid overall and uh yeah it'll be out very very soon so i'm looking forward to checking it out next up uh this one's kind of out of left field i just randomly kind of came across it on bloody disgusting and not a very well-known film but i saw that it was a creature feature and that it was foreign so i was like okay maybe you know we'll give this one a shot check it out and it was kind of described as like a mixture between i think the Duke and something else. <laughs> and so I was some sort of like 
watch the trailer. It's some sort of boogeyman lore in whatever country mm-hmm. that that comes from. Yeah, exactly. It's called, I don't even know how to pronounce this, Achura or Ahura or something like that. Uh, it's an, I, I think the actual, hold on. Let me try and find this out here. And the monster's name was like Bugatati or something. Yeah. So it's apparently based on a Moroccan legend, which is interesting. It's about four childhood friends who are reunited when one of them surfaces after 20 years, forcing them to confront a creature straight out of a spine-chilling Moroccan legend. So um, the trailer actually looks like pretty solid. The creature itself, I think, looks uh, quite interesting and kind of terrifying. I can I can sort of see why it, it was likened to the Babadook. Um, I have no idea what the kind of vibe of the actual like narrative and the atmosphere and everything is going to be, but from from what I saw visually, I was actually pretty like into it. So yeah, it looked great. It looked like a dark movie, mm-hmm. one of those atmospheric, really. I don't want to say avant garde because you can't kind of tell from it, but it's a very dark and atmospheric and brooding, foreboding movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's got that sort of gothic kind of like look to it, almost like Mama in some ways. Like if Mama was mixed with uh, the Babadook or something, but yeah, yeah, I think it looks pretty interesting. And finally, Beans, our last trailer is uh, one that has been discussed, I'm sure by now, a lot. And uh, this one's coming out January 14th, 2022 in theaters. And it is uh, one that we've mentioned already. Scream. People are already making fucking videos about this trailer, overanalyzing it, slowing it Mm -hmm. down to see like possible death scenes. But uh, it's uh, it's passing the torch to a new cast for a new generation while having Mm -hmm. legacy characters come back and help solve another murder that is starting in Woodsboro that is eerily similar to the previous original murder. And now, apparently, the killer, the new killer, is targeting the relatives of the original killers. Yeah, so this one, I think, definitely fits more into our theme for this episode because, like you said, You've got the original characters coming in, but they're almost taking a back seat to these new characters. Obviously, that kind of remains to be seen. You know, uh, Sydney, Gale, Dewey, all those guys are almost certainly still going to be kind of at the forefront. But we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think there's a very real chance that one or multiple of them could die in this movie. And then we'll see, you know, some of these new characters kind of taking the reins and that's precisely kind of what we wanted to talk about today i'm not going to like go into an extended version right now because we'll talk more kind of about scream but you know this movie has been kind of a long time coming it's been god how many years since scream 4 10 years dude yeah so 10 years obviously we had wes craven at the helm this one has matt bedellini olpin and tyler gillette with a you know slew of new writers, you still got the same you know trio of stars, but like in general, this is you know a scream for a new generation, and the fact that it is called Scream, I think says a lot. Very similar to ha- Halloween from 2018, 
right? That movie said, you know what? No, this is Halloween now. We're retconning all these old, older flicks except for the first one. We're introducing a new timeline, new characters. We're going to get people excited about Halloween again with, you know, still Michael Myers, still Loomis, still, still Laurie and everything. But we're going to introduce so much new stuff that this is going to extend past the the stuff that you already know about which it has to it has to there's only so many times these sequels can use the same formula but with a little twist and follow Mm -hmm. the same lazy story of the whole sister stuff and scream following the oh someone's out to get sydney everyone's always obsessed with sydney and it's like i don't know i we need something fresh we need something new a return of the legacy characters, sure, cool, that's great. And then having a new cast is great too because as you saw with the Scream TV series, it worked out. Like Emma was like the main character in the Scream TV series and I enjoyed her, I enjoyed her friends, mm-hmm. I enjoyed Noah and Audrey and all of them. So hopefully we can get like the same attachment to these these new generation Gen Z Scream kids as we did to Sydney and Gail and Dewey and everyone else oh yeah no i completely agree dude i mean there are some impressive stars in here so far jenna ortega um i've really been liking a lot uh she's definitely like a future scream queen i i think jack quaid who uh plays in the boys on amazon prime he's great he's gonna be in this dylan minette i've seen him in a few things I love dylan he's good. yeah dude he's from where i live right now oh really Yes. Oh, I had no idea. Huh. That's pretty awesome, actually. Dude, yeah, him, he's he's a solid actor. Kyle Gallner as well. I've seen him in uh, a number of things. He was actually, he's actually like a kind of a vet now. Wasn't he the guy, the main guy in uh, Friday the 13th, the remake? Or maybe I'm, no, A Nightmare on Elm Street. That's what I'm thinking of. He played the, the main guy in, in that one, so. He's been around for a while, but some of these other uh, actors and actresses, you know, they they haven't been on the scene like too long or are relatively unknown. And the fact that they're being brought into like a scream film is is huge for them. So I I think this one has a lot of potential to do a lot of cool things. I do wonder, you know, how exactly they're going to address this kind of, you know, scream and Halloween like this is the new scream, right? Because this movie isn't exactly retconning anything like Halloween did, at least not as far as we know. But, you know, they are bringing back this killer who is going after, you know, the relatives of of the old characters. Like, it's just going to be very interesting. I, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Stu coming back and being the killer. I doubt that. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I don't think that that's what's going on, but... Anyway, I think the premise of this one is actually quite interesting. So I think it has a lot of potential. I I hope I hope it lives up to it because Mm -hmm. I mean, look at look at the original scream. I mean, four movies and people are like, we need to we need to have a new generation. So Mm -hmm. what's going to happen with this series is the same thing Four movies and then people get tired of it. So, yeah. I mean, it really makes sense because, you know, that's what Scream is. And for some reason, a lot of people don't seem to understand that. Like, you don't have to like Scream. But I think it's important to understand what Scream itself, like, as a film and as a franchise 
is right it's a commentary on horror movies exactly it it it's born out of like what's happening in the genre right tropes and cliches and how horror actually functions like in our society how horror films are crafted in order to send certain messages and you know and and take advantage of people's expectations and reactions and everything so i mean i think this one's coming out at a very uh timely moment and calling itself scream and doing this with the new generation everything i think it makes complete sense and if Wes craven was alive i'm you know maybe i'm in the wrong here but i think if he made scream 5 he'd probably make it very similar to this yeah and good thing it's just scream and not five cream because <laughs> yeah. you know in scream 4 they made the a of 4 and this one that's what have been a five oh, man, i would not five. i would not have been excited for five cream i'll tell you what <laughs> that sounds like a bukake waiting to happen <laughs> top it <laughs> oh oh i'm terrible all right <laughs> all right so that's all the trailers guys we're gonna touch on scream a- <laughs> we're gonna touch on scream a-, a little bit more here in our main discussion uh take a very quick break go you know stretch get some water or something we'll be back in just a few seconds with our main segment all right gravers we are back and we are ready for the main segment here so as we've alluded to we're going to be discussing uh, kind of a number of things but you know we've been noticing this kind of trend recently of lots of projects essentially kind of piggybacking off of you know these long-standing established franchises but trying to add something a little bit different you know so this isn't necessarily remakes and reboots you know we're not going to be talking about child's play or uh, friday the 13th from 2009 or those kind of movies right this is stuff that acknowledges you know characters and timelines and events of all these previous movies movies from the 80s 70s 90s etc but they're they're adding something new right these are movies that are meant for a new generation but are still kind of also for the older generation so um i think it's an interesting discussion because i think maybe people still kind of you know like snap at these movies as if they were reboots and and remakes and be like oh why can't you create something new technically i think some of these movies are creating something new but just before we dive into any specific examples like do you think that these movies kind of deserve their place like more or less or equal to you know remakes and reboots like do should they be made or do you just prefer to just leave all that stuff in the dust i i think continuing the franchises that we held so dear is a great idea while having at least some original ideas for a sequel i think is a positive thing and keeping it alive but Mm -hmm. who who uh, who wants to keep it alive that's the thing is it is it the producers is it a money grab in that case leave it alone Mm -hmm. but if you're doing it for the fans because everybody wants it they keep asking when's a new one coming out when's a new one coming out i think that's great um it would be kind of weird if like out of nowhere like a studio was just like 
Yeah, you know, um, we're continuing um, fucking, I don't know, we're continuing it again out of nowhere and nobody asked for it because right. it's going to be a money grab. And I think I think sequels shouldn't be like shit on because, I mean, dude, look at the fucking 1980s. Sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel. Continuing on into the 90s and early 2000s of every major franchise. Chucky, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of these had sequels. And they rarely did anything different from the previous movies, and they get all this praise. So now all of a sudden, people are like, yeah, we want to bring back this franchise, continue it. But, you know, tweak some things. People are like, ah, you shouldn't change it. It's like, why? Do you want a repeat of the 1980s when the mm-hmm. slasher film died? Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. Because there's somewhat of a difference between something like, okay, let's say, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but... Uh, there was news recently about there being a Pumpkinhead remake. Yeah, I saw that. I saw yeah. it on uh, Bloody Disgusting, I think. And uh, <sighs> I I don't know how I feel. I mean, because Pumpkinhead 1 was great. Pumpkinhead 2 was okay. But then there was mm-hmm. Blood Feud and then Ashes to Ashes. And it's like... And those were yeah. kind of iffy. So, I mean, I think sci-fi channel kind of ruined it with their straight to tv mm-hmm. Pumpkinhead movies and then everyone's like well last time we tried a sequel it was shit so let's just reboot it and it's like but who asked for that mm-hmm. you know what i mean did yeah. any hardcore Pumpkinhead fans if there are <laughs> any <laughs> asked for it who asked for it or are they just capitalizing on the success of these i guess now they're classics you know mm-hmm. classics would really be like 1930s and 40s but now the 80s are considered like classics so like Mm -hmm. and they're trying to capitalize off all this stuff i mean i don't know um i don't know how to feel about it because i'm cool with sequels but like the reboots and the remakes it's just like who asked for it you know like did did we who who said we wanted this yeah and that that's precisely why i brought it up because i think there is definitely a significant difference you know between the two types of of projects right pumpkin head I don't know. I I think it it would be interesting to see a remake, but is it necessary? No, not really, because you can do something else with that franchise and still potentially make it, you know, kind of cool and interesting. I I guess that also there's there's so much to kind of like ponder about it because here's here's the thing too, right? To play devil's advocate on that is Pumpkinhead really like that iconic or like well-known outside of the horror franchise no not really nope right so in that sense i can kind of see why a remake makes sense because it is an established franchise people have probably vaguely heard about Pumpkinhead, maybe in the past like even if they're not horror fans maybe you know they pass by it in the video store when they were like 12 or something right and or they were too too scared and like maybe they know about it yeah or during halloween it plays on tv mm-hmm. and like they fucking scrolled pa- like they like flicked past the channel while it yeah. was like in the middle of it during these horror movie marathons or whatever yeah but like could you get away with doing something like david gordon green did with halloween with pumpkin head and people are gonna like flock to go see it and like be super excited about the continuation of like Pumpkinhead's story and like you know like something like that probably not really it needs to appeal to a modern audience who's never heard mm. of it so it needs to actually be scary not campy 
It needs to be horrifying. Right. They need to make Pumpkinhead be in the shadows more. He needs to like, it it needs some like relevance, like in mm-hmm. terms of like what's being put out today, and like, I don't know, like a creature feature. Like nowadays, like that's not what people are scared of. Now the things that's popular in horror in 2021 is like people and yeah. technology and everything like that. That's the main focus now. These like these dogmatic things like religion and creatures and like demons and stuff like sure the conjuring is getting big bucks because it's the conjuring you know like it's it's a staple at this point and it's mm-hmm. i guess people will consider it like classic even though it hasn't been out for like 10 fucking years but yeah. you know pe- people will flock to see it because you know some people like it's just the popular thing it was the hollywood thing but like i don't know like with like stuff like that like demons and fucking creatures from hell and stuff like that it's like no one no one's no one cares about that anymore it's not scary we know it's make-believe and Mm -hmm. no one's like this can happen because like nowadays what's scary is the this can actually happen thing like like even the new scream and like fucking unfriended dark web and shit like that like all these all these things where people can infiltrate you with your technology and find out your schedule find out what you do hurt you hurt the people you love stuff like that that's what everyone's scared of now yeah that's totally fair um i'd be excited to see kind of how our thinking about that changes in the next year or two because while i agree that those are still the like more prominent movies we have been kind of seeing some more of those like creature features and other such films kind of you know gaining some more popularity because you know we just had antlers come out which I thought was like pretty good. Honestly, you know, that was a creature feature. We had a uh, blood red sky, that Netflix foreign vampire film, which I honestly really enjoyed as well and was very popular uh, on Netflix. So I, I think there is potential for a creature feature to take off. I guess if you're going to remake any of them, like pumpkin head would be a good one. But I, I guess in terms of like, does it need to happen? No. And would it be more interesting if there was something connected to the original franchise? I think in terms of that, yes, I, I think a sequel or a prequel or a spin-off or something like that would probably be more interesting. But I guess like financially and marketing wise, it does make more sense to, to do a remake. So I think it's very complicated, but like the movies that I have listed out here, these all make complete sense because these are like name brands, right? These are like franchises and characters and things that even people outside of like the hardcore horror genre, like they'll know about it. And uh, I don't know if we're going to have time to really get into like all of these, but you know, I have David Gordon Green's Halloween trilogy up there. That's, you know, for sure. Extremely popular franchise, horror lover or not. I have Ghostbusters Afterlife on here. I mean, Ghostbusters itself, I'm sure some people will argue is not really horror. I guess there's some merit to that, but it belongs in the discussion about the horror genre. Extremely popular franchise. You know, now there's a new movie coming out, which actually looks quite solid in my opinion. This one, I'm not sure if you heard about, but Prey, which is the Predator prequel. 
they actually um i don't know if you knew this but they stole that idea of an ancient tribal woman um from my friend blinky 500 from youtube he's a big youtuber he's made a lot of michael myers fan films and like Mm -hmm. they even stole like the shot of her in like the woods and like he emailed them about it and they're like oh we promise um that this will not infringe on your rights but it's literally like the premise is literally the exact same as his movie oh like what did he make a short film or something yeah you can look it up a prey by blinky 500 and hollywood like Hollywood loves going to YouTube and stealing ideas from fan films. Like, yeah. Well, there you go, guys. <laughs> I had no idea about that, but hey, check out Blinky Five Hundred and make sure to really like like and spam all his shit. He's great, dude. I, I he, had no idea about that. He, yeah. uh, you should check it out. He made a. I don't know. You know the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. He mm-hmm. made the. His name is Chris uh, Notoriety. I think that's how it's pronounced. He made the cabinet of Chris R. Notoriety. He made Freddy versus jason versus michael versus pinhead versus it's basically all of them gaining up on freddy and at the end pinhead and everyone else rips freddy apart he made nice. uh jason versus michael he made a lot of original nightmare on elm street prequels short series oh. to um to freddy he made a lot of like halloween ones short films he did the death of michael myers he made a lot a lot and he also made his own uh feature like movie called methodic so okay nice all right well yeah go check them out guys but see that's what i'm talking about like you can do so much with all this existing content without the need to remake it and okay i guess even if hollywood did steal prey like it, it's still a movie that's going to be coming out it's a predator prequel with uh, an indigenous native american woman fighting against uh the predator not sure if it's supposed to be the same one from the first film i don't think so but I don't know, you know, 300 years ago, Native American woman fighting as the predator. Uh, Supposedly, it's going to kind of have this similar vibe as the first film. Obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not a Native American woman. but (laughs) (laughs) The furthest thing from it, literally. But I guess if they say the vibe is going to be the same, then cool. So the interesting thing about this is like how they're actually going to connect the two films. And that's why I think that movies like this do definitely have a place in the horror genre because it, it it's cool talking about like, hey, this new movie's coming out. How exactly does it tie into these movies that we've like grown up loving and appreciating? So, I mean, I, I can, even though there are some remakes I like, and even though I think that some remakes deserve you know to exist and like remakes in general kind of have their own little place in the genre i I think movies like this ultimately just matter more because you're adding more to the timelines you're adding more to the lore and sure there are always going to be people bitching about you know whether x deserves to be part of the lore of whatever scream or Candyman or saw or, or whatnot but the fact of the matter is that the more stuff that's out there, the more like potential there is to create even more new stuff that's connected to all of that and just continue that on and, you know, really reward you for like keeping up with it. And I think the bitching about it is always going to be is always going to be the case. There's always going to be someone like, well, should this be canon? Should this be X, Y, Z? Should this be? Because 
I think that's what the producers of those movies want. Once we get people talking about it, it gets more eyes on it, gets more people arguing about it, and then the arguments make more people hear about it, and then more mm-hmm. eyeballs come on it. And I think that's the main point of it. They want they want to have this discussion, and I think that's what these movies are for. They're meant to entertain. They're meant to add to the to the lore, and they're meant to bring more discussions to the table and more eyes to the series, so that when they decide to push out even more content that even more people than the first time around clamor around the the silver mm-hmm. screen to watch it. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And you know, we were speaking about uh Blinky's movies before and I actually completely forgot about these, but even though they're not technically like official, uh the Friday the 13th like fan films by Wompstom Films those are like I think perfect examples because they put an established character in Jason Voorhees in a situation where it's still technically like part of the canon. I mean, not that you know the original creators are going to consider it part of the canon, but like they're doing their own thing and putting it as part of the canon. And us as the fans, we can kind of consider that its own little universe. And you know, you've got Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis in there you know, continuing the fight against uh, Jason Voorhees, which we haven't been able to see for so long because of all the legal troubles that that stuff it's over now, though. I know it, it is over now, which is good. But, you know, they at least were able to put out stuff that like kept us entertained. And that really is for the longtime fans, because like you and I even right, we have religiously like watched all those movies in the franchise like so many times we're so invested in it you do actually want to end up seeing more of that content instead of just like remakes and reboots right because you want to know what tommy jarvis is going to do to jason Voorhees. exactly because i mean tommy just disappeared after six and he just never came back mm-hmm. and then there's friday the 13th vengeance which is another fan film it's in 4k on youtube tommy jarvis is like daughter ends up in the mix and his daughters mm-hmm. and then we, we don't see him because i guess they couldn't get tom matthews because he was already with the womp stomp films and stuff but mm-hmm. i think bringing back these legacy characters helps helps fans feel more comfortable with adding these movies to the canon when mm-hmm. it's just new new characters and then remakes new characters from these remakes and reboots it's kind of harder to get into it because our expectations are so high because these are our beloved franchises so we got these new characters and then the reboots and the remakes don't pan out like the originals and then the pacing is different what happens is different what we didn't expect is different so we end up going oh that was ass instead of just being like oh yeah that was its own thing it's not supposed to be exactly like the old one because then Mm -hmm. what's the point to a remake Mm -hmm. but then again like some movies stay too true to the original and then the remakes end up fucking sucking completely because it's like there was nothing fresh about it. There was nothing new about it. Exactly. Conversely, though, I mean, I I did want to ask what what you think about, I guess, the new content being added and it potentially, you know, like souring the stuff that already exists. Because while we've been talking about, you know, it adding all this like fresh new content, new faces, right? A new generation and having the potential to like carry on the stories and characters that we love, all that stuff is like well and good. But, you know, are there situations where you get stuff like that and it 
it kind of makes you like look back on those other films and realize that yeah it's all like part of the same canon and the same universe and it's just like not that good and it kind of ruins the franchise for you oh of course like the thorn cult with the michael myers movies yeah i think that that's one example where everything was like just fucking it went to shit because of like too much explaining less mysteriousness Mm -hmm. and it's not even that that always ruins a fucking franchise it's like I don't know, like a legacy character dies or like um, too much is explained through the backstory. Too little is explained. Another movie with literally zero exposition and just more body count and bloodbath. Like there's so many things that can fucking ruin a movie. Honestly, even just bad pacing can ruin a movie, mm-hmm. movie, even if like the script is strong. Just like but just like the fucking I don't know. Let's talk about Halloween kills. OK, yeah, <laughs> that I didn't like it. It was all mm-hmm. over the place. We're introducing these characters that are just meant to be in the body count. Lori's in the hospital. We get all this exposition about evil. Everyone's saying the same stuff about Michael that Loomis was saying about him. So now we Mm. took Loomis's dialogue and gave everybody that. And this whole evil must die. And then the angry mob. And then the now we're the monsters. Like, come on, dude. And I don't know. That movie was all over the place. I know it was supposed to be like for the fans have Michael kill and stuff. But like. A lot of the stuff was stupid, like, I don't know, bringing back le- legacy characters to kill all of them besides Lindsay, spoiler alert. Um, and just having people, like, having, like, the fucking, se- like, having the movie jump from, like, hospital, Myers mm-hmm. house, uh, other street, Michael's killing someone here now. Now we're here with Alice, and now we're here with Lonnie. Now there's this crazy guy in the hospital. I felt like the script was horrible in that movie. Let me... The script yeah. was horrid. Literally, none of these people talked like actual people. The stuff that people said in this movie is not stuff that real human beings say in real life to each other. Yeah, 20 separate people do not go around saying evil must die tonight or whatever the fuck they were saying. Yeah. That's just not like a thing that happens. So, look, I, I agree. I didn't particularly like the movie. And this one, I think, actually kind of sets off a worrying trend because a lot of the other movies that we've discussed so far and like that I'd still want to highlight like I have on here you know Candyman and like Spiral and uh, Prometheus Blair Witch and stuff like that a lot of these are like sequels prequels or like spiritual sequels in the sense of like Candyman and uh, some other ones but um, we, we don't really have too many contemporary movies like Halloween, which are straight up just like, we're going to follow the first film that came out and forget about every other film and we're going to establish our own new timeline. Movies did do this here and there, like back in the 80s and whatnot. But, you know, we're really just talking about modern movies. That that really kind of stopped happening um, until halloween i think like in 2018 was the most significant unless i'm misremembering like a particular movie but i think you're right because every other thing was either a sequel or a remake yeah there was no like ignoring this and then this happened last time that happened actually was in the 90s when halloween h2o came out and they're like okay ignore four five and six ignore the cult this Mm -hmm. is a direct sequel to halloween 2 yeah which i mean and that movie is like generally kind of well regarded but then like even the sequels to that not that well regarded so yeah so i don't know man like i think that 2018's halloween 
is the most significant in, in the retconning regard, but it also did help kind of ju jumpstart all these other like, you know, like similar projects. But I just really don't want movies to go down this road and have another thing like, oh, we're going to do a Nightmare on Elm Street where it's a direct continuation of the first movie and we're going to disregard every other movie. And then it's going to try to establish its own thing. I mean, it could be good, sure. But, I mean, just look at Halloween Kills, you know? Like, even Halloween 2018 had its problems. But Kills just tried to ratchet it up too much. And that that's an example of a movie that, It felt know, so rushed. It felt yeah. so rushed. And it's crazy because it was supposed to come out last year. Imagine mm. if they released it last year. They had a year a year since last year to get all the kinks out of it and it still came out like this yeah yeah they were just trying to do too much you know and, and that's one where i think they they tried their best to follow up you know the first film from 2018 and then they were just like okay we know that we're doing halloween and even though we've set up our own narrative we want all this fan service in here and we want this story and we want x y and z and it was just it was just too much all in one thing yeah exactly i just crammed all that shit in there and it, it like it wasn't coherent or cohesive mm -hmm. like there was there was nothing redeemable about that movie other than michael yeah. just michael like the, like the gore and stuff was cool the dialogue took me out of it man like so many yeah. times i was just like mm. just like the, I rolled my eyes like a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, just the dialogue, the pacing. Like you said, the script. I mean, there's just like so much going on. And I'm saying this after seeing every Halloween movie. This was the second or third. This was the third weakest script. Number one was Halloween Resurrection. Number two was the Halloween 2 Rob Zombie. And this is the third weakest. Mm -hmm. People can say all they want. Like I see all these horror Instagrams. Being like, wow, the movie was great. The movie was this. The movie was that. And these are all like, I'm sorry, but you have to be a dick writer or you have to like ha be a cheesy person yourself. You got to be a fucking, a fucking JV beta cornball to enjoy this <laughs> shit because like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you, I was disappointed. And literally, as I'm watching this, I go, Barnabas is going to be disappointed. Mm -hmm. My yeah, boy yeah. Austin's going to be disappointed. The own like this movie doesn't even appeal to young kids. Even young kids would think this dialogue is is very non-realistic. It's not shit people say, and it's very cringy. Like it, there was like, the, I'll give you the one good thing about this movie though: Little John and Big John, because <laughs> I know, love dude. I love Michael McDonald. I've been a fan since Mad TV, mm -hmm. and Michael McDonald in my eyes can do no wrong. I don't care what anyone says. Don't. Stop it! No! Stay away from my danger. See, and what <laughs> I'm worried fantastic. about is other franchises following suit, like you said, mm. with this trend of like ignoring previous sequels and starting a new timeline because they're like, well, we need something original. Yes, but you following in the steps of David Gordon Green is not original. Ignoring all of these movies and starting your own timeline is not original because it wasn't your idea first. Like, and what makes me mad is like John Carpenter approved of 2018. He's like, he's like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit involved on this and I think this is good. I was disappointed by 2018. It grew on me after I watched it a few times after and I was like, 
okay, I enjoy this movie. But mm-hmm. then Halloween Kills, I watched it twice. The second time, it was just as bad. Yeah. I, I, I think there's just a point where things just get too confusing for people. And, I mean, it's not even that you can't just, like, really look at it and understand what's going on. But, I mean, Halloween has, like, three or four separate timelines. That That's the worst of the franchises for sure because most of them are not nearly as bad so halloween is definitely the worst but i mean yeah i just think it doesn't set a a great precedent because it it almost gives people the idea that they can kind of just end up doing whatever they want but you know what i think are end end up being the most successful projects are the ones like ghostbusters afterlife scream you know, etc. Even like, dude, Blair Witch was it was a huge success to me because I had no idea going into it that it was supposed to be like a sequel to the to the first film. That one actually, I think, did it right. Unlike Book of Shadows, right? Have you ever seen Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two? Uh, yeah, like a long ass time ago, and yeah, it's no. turns out one of the teenagers was like the Blair Witch or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's stupid. It's like, but but you know, all those projects i think have the potential to be a little bit more successful because they're not completely disregarding everything like yes there's obviously going to be some fan service yes they're still relying on you know having certain characters easter eggs blah 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 but the fact that they don't have to cram in so much because they're just kind of building off of like a, a bunch of films or like works that are already out there, you know, I think gives them a, a little bit more confidence, right? David Gordon Green has to create three new movies with a completely new narrative while trying to fit like all these old characters, Easter eggs, etc., in there. And it may have worked for the first film somewhat, but we see as this is going on, you know, he just wants this to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why I think it, it just kind of falls flat. If they kept, if they kept it to the same type of like scale as maybe the, like Carpenter's original and to an extent, the 2018 film, I think maybe there was more, you know, opportunity there to, to really craft something like, like significant, but yeah, I think it's just, uh, they're trying to do, too much with it now and like you said all the easter eggs and stuff they're trying to cram in there the legacy characters the fucking kills uh the exposition is what killed me oh he's he was staring out the window of his bedroom or was he looking outside or was he just looking at his reflection was he looking inward was he looking dude now it's all about he we're like hmm what does michael want he just wants to stand in his upstairs bedroom and stare out the fucking window that's all he wants no that's not what he wanted he wanted to kill and once he killed his sister in 19 fucking 60 whatever the fuck he killed her in he 1963 he wanted to relive that kill so he followed babysitters who mostly resembled her and he stalked him he would play with his food he would drop the flower pot and scare annie he would lock her in the thing and then all those things are there to give the kill is there just to give the scares justification because Mm. because potential threats without actual follow-through is just oh a bunch of random stuff just happened to me and i was scared Mm -hmm. what he did like doing scaring his fucking victims 
and then finally coming in for the kill. In these movies, and David Gordon Green got it wrong, he was just going house to house, just killing people, murdering people for like absolutely no reason. And that's that's not what the original was about. The original was about playing with his food. He had that little kid mentality, pulling pranks on people, scaring them before finally killing them. It wasn't just going door to door and slaughtering people. That's not what it was about. Yeah. Honestly, you bring a good point because I think doing all that stuff in, in Halloween Kills specifically is almost kind of like insulting to the people who are watching it because I think, you know, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Like the remakes are kind of like, yes, for people who kind of know about that IP, like obviously people who know about Pumpkinhead are probably going to go see Pumpkinhead. But remakes are also decidedly like for people who are maybe not familiar with the franchise at all or those characters. These kind of films, even David Gordon Green's, because it's so heavily reliant on Carpenter's first film, I think you have to make an, an assumption that there's going to be like a not maybe not an even split. But you're going to have people who are familiar with the franchise in some way, like maybe not super intimately, like obviously there are going to be a lot of maybe casual moviegoers going to see this movie, but you don't need all that stuff in there just kind of like insulting our intelligence as if we don't know about it, you know, or like you're going to like change our minds about Michael Myers or something because Honestly, in this movie, he kind of like didn't feel like Michael Myers, like you were alluding to. Not completely. He felt yeah. like Jason with more human qualities. Like he mm-hmm. felt like pre pre part six Jason somewhat yeah. without the running. It and it's just like all this exposition about evil this and evil that. You guys even said this movie's a fan service movie. Mm-hmm. Why are you telling us the people that this movie is for how evil he is? We know. Yeah. We don't need all the exposition. It ruins it. And it's bordering on the whole Halloween 6 thingy. All this Mm -hmm. exposition is ruining the mystique. There was a mystique to this character. And now that you're like, he just wants to stay at home and stare out his bedroom window. You ruined it again. You killed the franchise again. Yeah. And I mean, I might eat my words, but the thing that I'm kind of looking forward to in Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, for example, is like in the trailer, you know, a lot of people were kind of, against it because at first like the first trailer they're almost like oh this doesn't really feel like ghostbusters or anything like yeah the cars in there and they're fighting ghosts or whatever but it doesn't really feel like ghostbusters but you know as more trailers were released it's like okay obviously the older ghostbusters who are still alive are going to be in there but that kind of stuff is a little bit more subtle right like yes you obviously can understand that these are supposed to be the descendants of the original ghostbusters but it's not nearly the same kind of like pandering and like oh here's everything you need to know about the franchise and these characters on a silver spoon like in halloween kills yes because the people who are going to be watching ghostbusters afterlife probably know about the ghostbusters exactly so hopefully people don't continue on with the halloween trend I would definitely like to see more projects coming out that are more similar to all these other films and, and just kind of like adding on intelligently fresh new content and new faces to these established franchises and they can continue making like 
enjoyable stuff, but yeah, I just don't really want to see some more stuff like kills. I mean, Halloween ends might put a nice bow on it, but after this one, I don't know. Did you read what David Gordon Green wants? No. He said it will take place in modern day years after the events of Halloween mm. kills and will deal with the pandemic and peculiar politics. Yeah, I don't know about that. What does that have anything? <laughs> Can we just have a Michael Myers movie? Right. Yeah, how is that supposed to be like a follow-up to Halloween Kills, even? I don't think you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. That see, And that doesn't even feel like Halloween to me, exactly. So, it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It's, We're seeing it's, a trend. We're seeing a trend with these Halloween movies. After Halloween 3 failed back in the 80s, they dropped Halloween 4, and it was a hit, and it was a good movie, and other than the original, I don't care what anyone says, Halloween 4 is the second best movie in the entire franchise. But then a year later, because of that success, they rushed. They rushed Halloween 5, and a year mm-hmm. later it came out, and everyone hated that shit, and that's exactly what happened. Halloween mm-hmm. 2018 was a success, and Halloween Kills, it might have been a blockbuster success, but with people with a brain, people that don't decide, I'm going to like this franchise no matter what because mm-hmm. I'm a fan, you might think that makes you a fan. No, the fans are disappointed by this because the fans expected more. The fans yeah. didn't want all this exposition. The fans just wanted a cohesive and coherent movie and a story. We did not want something crammed to shit into one film with all these easter eggs Mm -hmm. and all of this nonsense that was just filler and all of these these easily forgettable characters and then bringing back legacy characters just to have them killed this is not what we wanted we wanted a real sequel we wanted to see michael in his element stalking people Mm -hmm. doing doing what he does we did not want to see him getting jumped by townspeople <laughs> with which you you think in a suburban town they would have all brought their guns right. instead they jumped him with baseball bats two by four and one guy had a revolver yeah i don't know man i i'm just not looking forward to ends at all i'm, I'm not either i was just saying like i'm yeah. not looking forward to halloween ends i just that's i'm i'm just hoping every other thing that comes out that i'm looking mm-hmm. forward to isn't a disappointment like like Halloween Kills was. I mean, I, I think, you know, we have that on one end, and then we have stuff like Candyman on the other end, which, you know, I, I guess people have deemed more of a spiritual sequel to the first film. But honestly, I thought that movie actually did a pretty good job. There are always going to be people that are going to be complaining about the uh, quote-unquote wokeness of it, but I think it actually added a lot of, quality elements to the franchise overall and it really wasn't that far removed from the actual like themes and narrative of the original film either so stuff like that the original film was woke exactly so i don't know if if people are are trying to say that it wasn't then you know i don't know what movie they're watching so uh stuff like that i think really adds a lot to that franchise especially because it was so well done like cinematography wise gorgeous acting wise great you know effects great i mean that was just a well thought out sequel in my opinion 
Blair Witch as well. Um, I mean, we've got Hocus Pocus two coming out. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. I'm so I'm so happy about that. I'm yeah. so happy that they're also bringing back the Sanderson sisters, and mm-hmm. they're not doing some uh, with the one movie with the witches, the craft, and then what they did with Charmed. Like, yeah, I can't really comment about those because I, I haven't watched them yet. But but this is this is a good example. I mean, Hocus Pocus two. Sure, there's a potential that it could be garbage, but it's really only following up one film. You're bringing back all the same characters. I think it's got a potential to uh, be really exciting. And and this is kind of more of the stuff that I want to see. You know, they very easily could have completely remade Hocus Pocus. And I think if they did that, it would not have worked. But the fact that they're doing a sequel now after all these years and bringing back all the same characters and everything... I mean that that gets people hyped, you know. So, it is. It is just bringing back. It's always about the legacy characters that mm-hmm. that make these films and having the same feel. It's it's all nostalgia based. Like is why these movies survive. But no matter how much the nostalgia in Halloween kills, see that's where it didn't work. You mm-hmm. you have to do it right. You can't just like you can't just sell nostalgia. Like you mm-hmm. can't just sell Easter eggs and legacy characters and then have no substance and cram it all into one and try to make money off of everyone who's loved this franchise because you're going to get a lot of pissed off people as with every other franchise that's deeply held in high regards yeah i agree dude i mean with hocus pocus 2 you know you have the sanderson sisters but you're also gonna be introducing a lot of new faces as well and even if you don't have the sanderson sisters in like future projects you have a whole slew of other characters that you can do other sequels with spin-offs etc and those are the kind of things that i think people would appreciate more than stuff like halloween kills or remakes so yeah um i, I think it's a really interesting topic we're running short on time here so sam do you have anything else you want to say about this particular topic i was gonna say the reason why these like these sequels and all this stuff's happening and then it happens and then people bitch about it and then it happens and then too much fan service and too much nostalgia and and then people complain about originality and it's like well when horror movies bring originality Mm -hmm. people just complain about it look at the witch look at Mm -hmm. midsummer look at hereditary look at all these movies that came out that that had, had that had heart in them that had passion in them that were original and then people were just like no, not that kind of originality. Right. And I was going to bring that up before too, actually, and I, I forgot, but, you know, that's another good point. We have all these movies coming out, and I can't even count how many times I've gone on, like, Facebook and recommended movies to some people, and, you know, they don't know what maybe half or more than half of them are, and they're, like, generally, you know, well-regarded films right not all of them are like super independent or anything either and that's the thing like all these types of projects based off of these established franchises like they're going to get out there they're going to get all this attention because they're so popular and i mean that's just part of their appeal and part of their success and if you can generate you know fresh new content for them which i mean i wouldn't say that there's like a lack of originality and and stuff like that with like hocus pocus too right like you have the chance to create something new even though you're you're like utilizing older characters 
you know, you're not doing a remake. That, I think, yeah, okay, there's some merit to saying it's not very original, even though you can create stuff like, you know, the Child's Play reboot. But, you know, anyway, I, I think there is some originality there. But the fact of the matter is, if you've got these, like, established franchises, they're always going to take up more digital bandwidth, right? And and be at the forefront of more of these talking points than anything like Antlers or Possum or whatever, you know? So, I mean, I think there's a place for, like, both of those types of films. But, I mean, I think people just need to cut these these movies a little bit more slack because i i think they're doing something you know kind of cool i think so and i think as long as these sequels keep coming out that have originality to them like Mm -hmm. i hope hocus pocus has some originality to it rather than it just being nostalgia and easter Mm -hmm. eggs being spoon-fed to you they're just crammed into a fucking movie for 90 minutes agreed if it's not that and if it's something new something fresh then it'll work and then you can keep it alive as long as the actors and the fans want it to be kept alive or as long as the studios want it to be kept alive because why would they give up on their cash cows you know what i mean like soon as something becomes super popular it's gonna be their cash cow and they're gonna keep trying with it even when it fails they'll reboot it they'll remake Mm -hmm. it they'll make a sequel ignoring everything else they'll they'll find the way they have writers yeah precisely so, yeah, guys, uh, that is our discussion on this particular topic. We have Ghostbusters Afterlife coming out this weekend. Most likely, it'll already have been released by the time you're listening to this episode. If you have seen it, let us know what you think about it. I don't know about you, Sam. I'm probably going to go watch it this weekend. And, um, I, you know, it would be cool if we could get a review up at some point pretty soon. Um, so look forward to that yeah i'll try to i'll try to take a look at it you know i work on the weekends i work saturday and sunday all together and i work 28 hours so try to see if uh next week on my days off i'll mm-hmm. see if i got the time and we can check it out because i still want to check out antlers as well so yeah there's a there's a lot of stuff i got to catch up on there's someone inside your house or whatever on netflix and then yeah there's a there's another movie that got released on Netflix that that one with the guy that gets kidnapped and then he's like he's like a dad or whatever and then like I I don't know the premise of it okay. like then it's like a kidnapped dad and there's a few other a few other things I mean we had Squid Game which mm-hmm. people came in it's not horror yeah but it's horrifying mm-hmm. and I would I would I would make it a subgenre I would yeah. classify that as a subgenre of horror that is 100 percent horror it's just saw on a larger scale for money like (laughs) yeah essentially yeah dude i mean there's just so much stuff coming out and i mean horror is still very much alive and honestly i think it's still incredibly popular right now Uh, i have missed out on a lot of stuff and i still plan on watching uh, a lot more movies before the end of the year i'd still like to get our you know kind of end of the year top 10 list up um and I've, i've missed a bunch of stuff and Life's hard, you know, <laughs> there's just so much content coming out. And that's the thing, you just kind of have to look for all this content because yes, there are a lot of sequels and prequels and reboots and stuff coming out, but there is also a lot of original content and uh, it's hard to keep up with. <laughs> Speaking of reboots, I don't think a lot of people knew, but I know what you did last summer just released a series on Prime. Yeah. 
Have you have you watched it? I watched the first two episodes, I believe. Okay. I've actually heard some mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard some decent things about it. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but there, there's no fisherman with the hook, spoiler alert, but yeah, Okay. I mean the book didn't have that either, so. Oh, okay. So this kind of does this kind of fall into like our topic today or is this more of just like a reboot that's closer to the source material? Uh, it doesn't see it's not really it's just something new. Okay. I would I would consider it uh a reboot because like they're not they're not like looking to restart the the you know the franchise and like mm-hmm. continue it. It's just boom this TV show and then goodbye it seems like it's just okay. kind of like I guess like you could say mini series. I don't know what they're planning on doing with future episodes and stuff. I think it's just going to be this season and then it's done because I mean mm-hmm. I apparently it had like a very like open and shut feel to it like well this happened and then this happened and then now it's done so unless they make a a fucking i know what you did last summer every season someone does something fucked up and then someone knows about it and then they stalk them and then i mean shark jumping yeah it almost wouldn't surprise me but i think with amazon they probably won't do that but i'll try to check it out at some point you should definitely uh watch chucky as well i think that that is honestly a great example i didn't really talk about it too much in our topic just because you haven't seen it but that one really does fit into what we were talking about before because it does continue you know the lore of the original film series or the film franchise but it also adds like new elements new characters and a lot of new lore as well so it's continuing on after curse of chucky right yep or cult technically yeah cult yeah that's where we left off yeah yeah it is and uh yeah there's some pretty interesting stuff in it you know you have returning favorites but you also have like these new kids who are kind of you know taking over this world as well so it's pretty cool yeah there's a lot of cool stuff so guys we're interested let us know what you've been enjoying i mean we've been off for a while there's been a lot of stuff coming out we're we're interested in hearing what kind of horror content you've been liking you know maybe there's stuff that we haven't checked out yet but i think that's gonna do it for this episode it was really really great sitting here again with you sam even though we're not in the same room uh i mean this is still like almost just as good i know (laughs) so guys we're gonna try to have this episode up very soon for you if you're listening to it now and have been listening to it thank you so much we cannot be here without you share it everywhere follow us on facebook instagram and twitter subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform go check out sportsradiodetroit.com and until next time i am barnabas and i am samuel and we will see you next time on grave discussion (laughs) we're back This has been an SRD production.